You're about to listen to a message by Pastor Ikena Okeke of the Father's Church. Please join Pastor Ikena Okeke and be blessed. We we are we are privileged and we have been given this opportunity once again to gather together as disciples of Christ, men and women who having experienced his love have had a hunger and a desire to know him more. And it's my privilege this evening to lead us as we look into the Word of God. Uh, I want to appreciate the opportunity given to me by our dad, Dr. Kaunozo, and um, the careless team to stand and bring the Word or share in the Word tonight. Praise the Lord. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we want to thank you once again because you are God and it has pleased you to make yourself known to us tonight as we look into your word. Lord, cause us to know you more. Let your breath breathe upon us. Let your spirit quicken us. Let none of us live here the same way. Speak to each and every one of us in our own language. Let us indeed, as the vision is, let us be more like Christ. And let us go forth from here working in the footsteps of our Lord and Savior Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Praise the Lord. Okay, we, we want to... Um, learn tonight further on our lord and savior jesus whenever i'm to stand here what keeps coming to me is looking onto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith looking onto jesus um the last time dad was here we're looking at learning christ and um, it's still the same thing if you look into the word of god in um, matthew 16 24 I need someone to, can I get a reader that will just be helping, so someone that can be reading, or if it's on the screen. Matthew 16, 24, we see our Lord Jesus, I, actually Matthew 16, 24, Matthew, Mark 8, 34, Luke 9, 23, in all the scriptures, same thing, it says, if anyone desires to come after me if anyone desires to come after me he says let him do what deny himself take up his cross and follow me if anyone desires and i believe that is what we are doing here there is a desire to come after him we have heard of him we have experienced a bit of him and we want to follow him we want to be with him and he says this is how it's going to happen he says first thing that the person needs to do is deny himself and the second thing the person needs to do is what take up his cross 
And then the other thing the person needs to do is follow him. On the surface, they really look like very simple and, um, and basic things that are often overlooked. However, uh, the more I look at the scriptures and the more one meditates uh, 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 on the scriptures, we, we see that it's this little fox or these little foxes that are spoiling the vine. Because I, I don't know what is difficult in denying myself, taking up my cross daily, not the cross for the year, praise the Lord, and doing what? And following him. And um, the more one looks at this, it's clear that what Jesus, our Lord Jesus, is saying to us, who want to have him? You know, yesterday we tried to begin to look at what the Apostle Paul said, where he says, I count all things as laws for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord. And he went for that to say that he may gain Christ. So, and this is not at the beginning of his ministry. So it means that there is a Christ to be gained. There is a dimension that we can have him. And there is another or greater dimension that we can also have him. Praise the Lord. Uh, and as, as putting that together with this, it says, do you desire to come after me? And we saw while he was on earth how different people desired to come after him. One said to him, Master, I'm going to come, but let me first bury my father. And what did he say to him? He said, let the dead bury the dead. You do what? Come and follow me. And you know, another one said this, another one said that. And it's like that because Jesus is lovely. The Bible says he's altogether lovely. Praise the Lord. The testimony they had of him was he did all things well. It's marvelous, beautiful in every ramification, every dimension. So he says, you have this desire. These are the terms. This is how it will work. You will deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. Praise the Lord. And as I look at this and, you know, see what is recorded in the scriptures here and there, I see that there is just one little problem which we want to just meditate on and pray tonight. It's, and I ask myself and I want to ask you, how do you want your Jesus? How do you want your Jesus? How do you want your Jesus? Do you want him on your terms? Or do you want him on his terms? Praise God. How do you want Jesus? How have you followed Jesus? And truthfully, many of us, many times when people come to Jesus, because it's all of that, the Bible says, without him was nothing made that was made. The first experience, and if care is not taken, the journey that a lot of us have with Jesus is we walk on trying to bring Jesus to conform to our will, to conform to our terms, to, to fit into our need. Praise the Lord. And, and it's, not, it's, it's not too far off. It's just that there's a little bit of disalignment. If um, I don't know the study, whatever background we may have had, but I remember I did a, I, I did a curse 
not a course, a subject in secondary school. It was technical drawing. And if, if you were to construct an arc or whatever diagram we are going to do, if there was one part of it you are going to do before the other, if you miss that one and plan to put it forth instead of toward, you can never get that drawing right. Why? Because one little thing that should come in a point was missed and another one took its place. And that it is with our relationship with Jesus. You see, it says you deny yourself. What does it mean to deny yourself? In nature abhors a vacuum. You put me first. Praise the Lord. You put me first. In, in, in Matthew 6, he also said that. He said, seek ye what? First, the kingdom of God. Praise the Lord. Now you look at that statement and many times once you hear it, once I hear it, it's like, are you saying I don't matter? Are you saying I shouldn't bother about my issues? No, it didn't say you shouldn't. It says seek me first. And it's not something that should be difficult to be understood. Every one of us here working in an organization, I don't know where you work, I don't know where you work, but most of us where you work is not what you eat. You work there so that they give you money so you can solve your own problem. Nobody goes to work to solve his problem. Even the farming, the farmers, except the subsistence farmer. The farmer farms a lot of yam, but he pre pro probably prefers plantain. So he farms his yam to sell his yam to buy plantain and egg. Praise God. If he is, you know, divided in attention and in the process decides that because it's plantain he prefers try to make his yam into plantain he's not going to be a success praise the lord so jesus says this is the way it works you seek first the kingdom of god praise the lord put it first and his righteousness and his righteousness and then what will happen the rest of the things, they're not immaterial, but they cannot be first. Praise the Lord. However, it's not easy because we come to him, many of us, our first encounters with him. I mean, if, as, if it's the best possible encounter, then it would have been, you needed a savior, you were a sinner and you needed a savior, isn't it? And then he saved you. And for some, maybe you were sick. You were, you, didn't even, you were not even interested in salvation. You were sick and he was a healer and he healed you. You were in danger and he was a deliverer and he delivered you. Praise God. You, were, you needed money and he's a provider. He provided for you. So many people have come to him in the, with having those initial encounters. But he said, now you have encountered me. Now you have experienced me. Now you have been convinced that I can do this. This is what you're going to do. You desire to come after me. It takes your, your relationship with him to the second base, not the encounter base. Unfortunately, people don't leave that first base. So you see people, all their thing with God is that first base relationship. But he has said, you now know me. When Jesus said, if anyone, the statement will have it, if anyone desires to come after me, he wasn't talking to people who hadn't encountered him. Praise the Lord. He was speaking to people who had now had an encounter with him. The man that was born blind, he now said to him, do you believe I'm him? He has healed him of his blindness. 
So the man's relationship with him now wasn't going to be, now you have healed me of blindness. I think I'm short. Can you make me taller? I think I'm fat. Can you make me slimmer? No, he said, now I am the savior. What do you do? You begin to follow me. You begin to follow me. The woman that was caught in adultery, he said, go, I condemn you. No, go and sin no more. So there are all different ways, multitude of ways that that first encounter can come. But it becomes a disservice to us individually and an insult to his majesty and his greatness and his grandeur and splendor if continually we want to relate to him based on solving a problem for us. Why? Because we are too little. He is the one who has the agenda. Remember the issues that the Jews had with Jesus was not that he was a healer, was not that he did anything. It was that he claimed to be the son of God. He claimed to be God. And if he is God, then it means everything belongs to him. We are all seated here now and the, 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 from your wardrobe, which you are God to, you decided what you will wear. Am I right? Now, imagine if in that wardrobe, some clothes there, the only thing they require of you is dry clean me, iron me, hang me. And then the way they, you want to wear them, they say, I'm not in a good mood today. What will happen to that item in your wardrobe? You will discard it. But you see, you are God today. You own it. You bought it. If it's fabric, you bought the fabric and took the tailors and say, make it in this pattern for me. And you kept it. So when you want to use it, what do you do? You use it. If there is need to dry clean it, what do you do? You dry clean it. Whatever needs to be done because it belongs to you. Now, in the same way, when you and I come to Jesus and confess that he is the son of God. We are saying, Jesus, you are God. You own me. You own everything around me. And because you do own me, the right of use, the right of enjoyment, the right of pleasure belongs to you. Mine is secondary. But because he is who he is, because we know him as beautiful, lovely, and wonderful, we are also assured that in his usage of us, it won't be like we say a man used a man. It will be a blessing to be used by him. Praise the Lord. And, and, and it's a little line, but it changes everything. Because it deals with that issue of first, it deals with that issue of deny. Say, whosoever desires to come after me, what do you do? You deny yourself. What I say, I come out of this picture and he takes the place. And when he takes his place, I now and I myself and every other thing follows. Why is this very important? Because the best things, the great things, the mighty things, the lofty things God has for you, has planned for you and I in his kingdom. This is the pattern is going to come. He went further, if, in some of the translation, he went further and said, whoever tries to save his life. Let's look at John 12 and see the way, the way John 12 has it. John 12, um, John 12, which one now? Is it 12 and 13 or 23 to 28? Let's see. Mm. Where, where he went further and said, whosoever tries to save his life will lose it. Okay, that's 23. Let, let's go down to 23. John 12, 23. Yes. 23, 24. It says, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and what? Dies. It remains alone. But if it dies, what happens? 
it produces much grain. Go on, please. It says, he who loves his life will lose it. And he who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him do what? Let him do what? Should he lead me? No, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. Let, let's, let's hold that now. If you serve me, what should you do? Follow me. But what do we do when we say we serve him, we call him to follow us? Look at your basic desires. Look at the things that, you know, have formed, that, that have, you know, um, impassioned and driven you. Are they you following God or God following you? When we say we are praying, we are fervent in prayer, what are the several things that we are fervent about? Is it not about dragging God to come at our back and help us and bring something to be? Instead of us coming to him to say, Lord, I want to passionately follow you. So he says, if you serve me, this is the way to walk. You will come after me. I will take the lead. I think is there, can you put a message for me? I think his message that said, I'm on the driving wheel. Is this message? If someone has it, please just help us. Anyway, so it says, I, I am the one in charge. You follow me. Is this message? So, so go back. Mm. Can, can, okay, you can adjust the print. Okay, don't, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, don't worry, we'll see what, don't worry. Anyway, so, so, so Jesus is saying here, listen, listen, you, you, you want to get it, accept that I am in charge. Now, if you love your life, you will lose it. Have you ever asked yourself, do I love my life? Who here has, has attained not loving his life? Praise God. It's, it's basic. It's simple. But you see, this is his words. Praise the Lord. This is his words. If you love your life, you lose it. Sir, what are you talking about? I shouldn't love my life. I shouldn't shout the biggest hallelujah so I get the biggest blessing in the meeting. What do you mean? No, he's saying something that he's saying your love and your focus and your desire should be for me now. You should exchange it. All that that you have for yourself, put it on me. Why? Because I am able to take, I said, I'm the good shepherd. I lay down my life. I will protect you. I will see to what is best for you. Better than you can see to yourself. If you have a mind to take care of yourself, you will lose your life. Why? Because in trying to do that, you will shortchange yourself. But I am Jesus. I am God. I am your Savior. I will do better than you. Your place of safety is a place that is seconded, following me. Praise the Lord. So, 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 these very little things. He said, this is how it will work. So, if you try to save your life, you look, if you lose your life, how? Why should I want to lose my life? He didn't leave us guessing. He said, if you lose your life for my sake. For my sake. And what that begins to say to us is this. It means opportunities will come, scenarios will arise where in my life and in your life, where to follow Jesus will look like you are about to lose your life. 
Now, if you have already settled that you want him, are you with me? That you want him, that he is your treasure, he's your priority, he's your Lord, he's your master, he's all that we sing songs about him to us. Then in such situations, you must settle it that you don't care about your life. You're ready to die like Leah, but let his name be what? Glorified. That is what it is. And when you do that, then you begin to follow Jesus on his terms. You become a Christian. You become a follower of Christ. The other one is that you, the, what, what the other one implies is something almost completely different. So we, we know God has all power, but we need to use the all power of God, the almightiness of God, to bend God to do our will. Whereas our Lord's prayer said, Our Father which art in heaven, what? Hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, and what should happen? Thy will be done. Where's your will in it? Where's my will in it? L let me show you something. In, in the same uh, John 12, yes. John 12, okay. Let, let's go back to King James now. Okay. Jo John 12, let's go back to King James. Let, let's see something then. Let's see how Jesus handled a situation. 20, the same 23. Let me read from that 23 now. Okay. 23 says, But Jesus answered, saying, John 12, 23, saying, The hour has come that the Son of Man should be glorified. Most assuredly I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. He who loves his life will lose it, and he who hates his life in this world will do what? Keep it for eternal life. If anyone serves me, let him do what? Follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. What's the last line? Read that one for me together. If anyone serves me, what will happen? Him my father will honor. You see, there is honor, but this is how it comes. This is how it comes. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. Some translations will add, him my father will reward. God is a rewarder. The book of Hebrew tells us he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. He's not a, he hasn't put a system that, that responds to the smart and to the selfish and to the self-preserver. No, his system is that you lose your life for him and then he being God weighs everything and rewards you and honors you. How else does a man or a young boy, not a man, come into a place as a captive? and have the opportunity of blending into the system and surviving and becoming amongst the rulers of the place. But he comes in and says, I will not dishonor my God. His God that is not God there, not known there. And he's told that what you're doing is at the risk of your life and the life of the, of the, of the caretaker. But what was he doing? He was saying, I will honor God here. And because he honored God there, I'm talking about Daniel, because he did honor God there, we're not told that Daniel was born intelligent. We're not told that he was born smart. Because he honored God there and denied himself and was ready to lose his life, what happened? The father honored him and made him and his friends, what? Ten times better. God honors those who put him first. But we don't 
understand that pattern we think it's attempt if the average if today were if, if if this was in our world today and christians found themselves in daniel's position their prayer will be lord i receive your favor here if they're giving um wine let me have double wine if they're giving chicken give me the turkey you know that that would have been a desire but this man or this young boy got into the situation and said what will please the father here and what the people celebrated and rejoiced over, he counted it as nothing. And God, who was God over both their health, their intelligence, the eunuch, the king, and their everything, said, okay, you have honored me, what will I do? I will honor you. Daniel was not in the knowledge. He didn't know this thing would happen. I hope you know. When he was taking the stand, he was not planning to come out that way. He was just saying, this is who I am. This is who I have pledged my life to. Brethren, that is what Jesus is saying. If you desire to come after me, like we've learned some time ago, it's a choice. It's never by compulsion. Do you want to be a follower of Jesus? You and I must ask ourselves that question. At intervals, who am I? Who do I want to follow? Who is my champion? Who is my, you know, using the, today's words, who is my idol? Who am I looking up? Am I Asna or man you? Is it Jesus that I want to follow? And if I say it is him, then this is what he's saying. This is the way. Deny myself. Take up my cross and do what? And follow him. So the same way now, go, Jesus, our Lord Jesus Christ gave us the instance there, 27, 28. If we go further down now. It says, look at what our Lord Jesus Christ said. Because we are following him. It says, now my soul is what? Troubled. And what shall I say? Now, what's happening here? Jesus is in distress. And he says to us, I'm in distress. So what shall I say? What should Jesus say? Father, save me from what? This hour. Isn't that our normal prayer? Lord, deliver me. Lord, judge these wicked people. Lord, kill them. Lord, you know, um, drive everybody away. Let me be on the, the only person. He said, what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Is that what he prayed? Did he say that? Did he pray that? He didn't pray that. He said, but for this purpose, I came to this hour. What it means is this. But the father sent me in this path. He knew this is my assignment. So what was his prayer? He changed his prayer. And what did he pray? He said what? Father, glorify your name. At this point, what did he do? He denied himself. He denied himself. And the father gave him an immediate response. He says, I have what? I have both glorified and will yet glorify. That's what the spirit is saying to us. Every time we get to that point, glory is assured. The reason the Christians is, uh, or the Christian is not shining the reason the Christian is full of excuses is that we've never gotten to that point. Not that God is not doing it. We've never gotten to that point. Because that is the plan. That is how he has worked it out. The moment he said, Father, I'm not going to ask that you save me. I'm going to ask that you be what? Glorified. The Father said, that's what I do. And tonight, that's what he's saying to you and I. I don't know where we are. I don't know where you are. I don't know. But he's saying, if you honor me, 
if you serve me, if you take a stand for me, if you are ready to suffer loss for me, he says, I will do what? I will glorify my name in you. I will exalt my name in you. Praise the Lord, somebody. So, so, so it's a simple exhortation. And, and um, if I do have time, I just want to take us to uh, some interesting passage that I, I ran into recently and, and take one or two points and then we'll pray. In 2 Kings chapter 5, we have the account of, um, of, 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 of um, Naaman, the Syrian. 2 Kings 5 from verse 1. And the Bible says, Naaman was the commander of the Syrian army. And the Lord had helped him to gain lots of victories for Syria. And they went on a raid and they had captive a little um, girl from Israel. And the first part I want us to look, take from that story is that the things that God is able to accomplish in our world is by people that are doing it right. And because God has time, and my prayer is that in Nigeria at this time, he will find men who are following him so that he can do what only he can do. Praise the Lord. That Nigeria is the way it is, is not because Islam has an agenda. We already know that. It's not because the wicked are too wicked. That darkness has never acquired enough strength to resist light. Praise God. There is no, there is no amount of thick darkness that you can create, that light will not shine in, inside of it. That's the way it is. So the situation in Nigeria is not because of how dark or how wicked the wicked are. It's because of how unfaithful the light are. If the light got a bit bright, deliverance will come. It's because the light isn't shining. That's why darkness is darkened. What does darkness do? Darkness darks and light shines. <laughs> Praise God. Anyway, so, so this little girl was taken captive. And you know the story. Uh, we don't have time to read. It was this little girl who was in the house of the master and the mistress that said she was a captive. She said, oh, that my master would see the prophet in Israel. That this my master will see the God of my people. If he were to go to my people where my God is the true God, he will be healed of his leprosy. Now look at that statement. This little girl knows that God is almighty, isn't it? And knows that his God, the God of Israel, is God over all. This little girl was captive. Why wasn't her problem how to be delivered from captivity? She was with her. She was now a house girl from being a Jebota. She didn't make her deliverance her priority. Rather, she made the revelation. Because if you come to the where I want to stop in that story. It is where Naaman said, truly. The God of Israel is God over all the earth. And do you know what? That is what God wants. God is not interested really in your long life. A lot of Christians will quarrel me about it. God is not interested really in your prosperity. He's not interested in any of those things. He's interested that he be known. You know why? He has eternity to show his goodness to you. He has another word. I don't know how we read the Bible and we make a big deal about this word. 
the bible makes it clear that we are citizens of heaven and we are pilgrims on earth we are not localized here we are visiting here so god's best for you and i god's best for christians is not here here what he's looking for is our effectiveness that's what he's looking for remember we are following jesus how jesus was the holiest the anointed most anointed did he live three thousand years how many years did he live 30 something years and we are following him and when we hear christians talk about staying on earth it's as though they want to hit jesus's target and his target is 30 something it's his effectiveness so this little girl was there and said okay is this why god permitted this hidden commander to be able to kidnap me and while she was in the house though she was a slave she saw herself as a princess serving the agenda of the most high god and she said to the mistress if my master can get to my god he will be healed that's royalty praise the lord that's royalty that's understanding and the master took the words of this little girl and went to the king to his king ben haddad and ben haddad said okay if that's the case i'm going to write you an authority letter permission to be healed and 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 in verse in verse 5 of second kings 5 the Bible says, then the king of Syria said, go now and I'll send a letter to the king of Israel. So he departed and took with him 10,000, 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10 changes of clothing. Then he brought the letter to the king of Israel, which said, now be advised, when this letter comes to you, that I've sent Haman, Naaman, my servant to you that you may heal him of his leprosy praise the lord praise the lord verse 7 and it happened when the king of israel read the letter that he tore his clothes and said am i god to kill and make alive that this man sends a letter to me to heal him of his leprosy therefore please consider and see how he seeks a quarrel with me. Another lesson from this is this. Every time the believer, the people of God, have an encounter with the people who are not God's people, God has an interest that they discover God in you. You see, the king, the king of Syria, sorry, the king of Israel, knew, he, he, was, he was too wrong because when he said, am I God, you are a representative of God. Praise the Lord. God, God, God said, let us make man. How? In our image and in our likeness. And for them in particular, God has said, in the seed of Abraham shall what? All the nations of the earth be blessed. God is saying, you are my hands, you are my extension, you are my vessel through which I will make my name to the ends of the earth. So when the king of Syria sent the letter with his commander and say, heal this man. He should have taken the letter, closed the door, and said, I'm coming. Are you with me? And then gone to his God and said, God, 
You send this man here. How do you want to show up? Praise the Lord. The truth is this, people of God. Every challenge, every situation that the child of God finds himself in is divinely orchestrated. Why? The Bible says, and we know, not we suspect, that all things do what? Walk together for good to those who love God and to those who are the called according to his purpose. Once God's name is in you, everything that happens around you, God is looking, God is trying, like Jesus said, what do I say? Save me from this hour. He said, no, for this purpose I've come. Father, do what? Glorify your name. And the king took it the opposite way. He said, am I God? Yes, you are. I said, you are God. <laughs> and all of you, the children of the Most High, are you not partakers of the covenant? Are you not, if, if I see you now as an adult, do I, if, I, if you give me a message that your father sent you to me, should I doubt you? Praise the Lord. So am I God? Yes, you are God. And the Bible says the king tore his clothes. And instead of seeing opportunity, he saw trouble. People of God, when you and I begin to understand the almightiness, the awesomeness of our God, we will see opportunity in every trial. In every death situation, we'll see opportunity. Do you know what it means to be omnipotent? I was trying to work out an equation that I used to, you know, explain some of these things. Infinity, infinity minus one million is what? Infinity minus one billion, what's it? If, you see, God is omnipotent. All power belongs to him. There is no situation that you bring to him that will reduce his power. That's why I said, is there anything to what? Hard for me. Is there anything? So this king should have known. You may never have, you know, had the privilege of having a leper healed. But if he came to you, infinity is backing you. Praise the Lord. Infinity is backing And you can draw on him. But I think the problem there was this, a very little problem. He didn't know God was with him. Children of God, the Christian is not somebody that is just going. One of the things that happened for us when Jesus came is that Emmanuel, God is what? With us. The Christian has God. Today, you and I, the bodies we have are the temples of the Holy Spirit. We carry the Holy Spirit. Who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit is God in spirit form. So, am I God? Yes, you are. Yes, you are. But because he wasn't ready, the Lord, through Elisha, sent and said, please send the man. Send the man. Don't, you know, distress yourself. Send the man. And Naaman was saying, he said, let him come and know that what? There is a prophet in Israel. I pray that Nigeria will know that they are born again Christians in different areas of this country. In your office, in your home, in your village, in your neighborhood, that there is a born again Christian. The Bible says there are many who are asking, who will show us any good? 
That's why every time I read about the things they say about churches and Christians, you know, it breaks my heart because I know that there are so many who are showing, but it's just that those ones are not being advertised. Let him come and know that there's a prophet in Israel. So Naaman went. <laughs> I, I like this part. I have to read it. Um, name, verse 9. Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot, and he stood at the door of Elisha's house. Now, I don't know your imagination, but how big do you think Elisha's house must have been? Have you seen houses, you know, going back? You know, now we live in mansions. You know, Elisha's house must not have been as, I can't think it being as big as this stage for a house of those days. Anyway, so with his chariots, his horses, his entourage, you know, they got to the door of Elisha's house. And do you know what? I like this part. Elisha didn't come out to meet him. You know why this part is sweet to me? You see, people who follow Jesus, they must have dignity. The way Christians bow and tremble before believers, sure they don't know their God. Elisha did not come. He must have heard the sound. Chariots, I mean, Israel wasn't that well dead. So a chariot coming was like a helicopter or something landing in front of your house. And you don't get up from the chair. It means Elisha had a king. The Bible says we have been made kings and priests. Elisha knew where he was seated. The Bible says we are seated in heaven. You see, Elisha was in, in, in court with heavens. Do you understand? He couldn't come down to see Naaman. So he sent his protocol officer. Say, go and tell him. Let him go. He said, hallelujah. He said, let him go and find River Jordan. And deep there, watch there seven times. You've made, I'm too busy to come out. One of the things you're going to pray is for self-respect. No, not sorry. Is it self-respect? Jesus respect. To know who you are. Praise the Lord. To know who you are. Who Christ has made you. You know, that, that's another area. When, when people read riches for our sakes, he became poor that we might be rich. They think he's silver and gold. No, it's the riches of heaven. Even if, if you become sick now, really sick, if someone here has been really sick and in pain, you know that money is not, it doesn't help. If you are really sick now, you know that the best food does not give appetite. So when the Bible says Jesus became poor that we might be rich, it can't be talking about food and cobalt. It's talking about riches that you can't begin to fathom. And that's what Elisha had in mind. He knew where he was seated. He knew the court. He knew the people. And it's important because those are the little things that the enemy tries to creep in with. So you look at someone and he's a big man. Who is a big The big man is the man that God honors. Is the man that has standing with God. Praise the Lord. The angel said, it is me or Gabriel talking. You know, I stand before God. That's a big man. Big men are those that stand before God. Okay? So, Elisha didn't bother. I saw that part. I said, wow. Lord, take me to that level. So, even if God, God will send someone with a billion dollar tithe, I'll tell them, drop it in the offering basket. Praise the Lord. See the way Topper is looking at me. 
He's looking at me, Pastor, please meet the brother and agree with him in prayer. <laughs> Praise God. But, but you see, we, we, we have riches that, like the Apostle Paul said, that are unlawful to even begin to describe. Praise the Lord. Anyway, he didn't come out and he sent the message. And the last part of the lesson as we round up is that when Naaman heard the message, which is where it applies to a lot of us, he was very angry. He was angry. What did he say? But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and wave his hand over the place and then heal the, the leprosy. Can you see that? Heal the. How many of them had leprosy? Is it Elisha and himself? <laughs> Listen to me. Tell your neighbor, tell yourself, humble yourself. God has no problems. You know, many times we, we think that you're, you're doing shakari. You, you just humble yourself. He said, heal the leprosy. Can you see where deception comes? Heal the leprosy. It's you that is, even your servants don't have leprosy. Because if he didn't see it like that, he would not have been able to make that statement. If he saw that he was the one who had the problem, he wouldn't be able to make But he had seen it that ah, he would have called him his God and then healed the, the leprosy. <laughs> but thank God for good sons. The servant said to him, Master, please consider this. If this man had asked you to do something that will feed your pride, that's what he meant. You would have eagerly done it. Something great. You know, something profound. But this that he has asked you to do. He said, why don't you do it? And the man had another misconception. He said, if it is water that I should wash in, that will take away this leprosy. I know Jordan is a dirty river. Abana is fresh. Uh, Fata or whatever the name is fresher. All these rivers are in Syria. Why should you insult me by asking me to go and dip in the dirty water? A beggar has no choice. Praise the Lord. Jesus is Lord. We are the ones that are being saved. It's the stems. Deny yourself and do what? Follow me. The earlier we come to it, that, that, that's why we, we come to him and say, Master, this is where I am. Jesus said, said to, to the disciples, you know, in John, he said, if I will that he remains till I come, what is that to you? Are we co-lords? I'm Lord. I have saved you. Praise God. And it is me, it's my prerogative to determine the assignment I give to you in life. And that's another place, you see, all these misconceptions of Christianity. It's not everything that is for you. The Lord might decide that this brother will travel in this path. This brother will travel in this, this brother. It's for you to say, Lord, I know you love me. And embrace whatever he says for you to travel. And run with it. So this man thought, if it's water, we have better water. No, it is water, but it is the dirty one of Jordan. And if you want to be healed, you must deny yourself, take up your cross, and follow my instructions. That's what he was basically. Deny yourself, forget your commander, 
Because that commander hasn't helped the leprosy. Take up your cross and then do what? Follow instructions, not lead. You have been leading. You lead soldiers. You lead men into battle. But this one, you can lead. And that is why I round up this evening. Jesus is calling us to follow him. The rest of that story said, finally he went and he dipped and he got out clean and his skin like a baby and he was happy. People of God, there is joy in obedience. The people that sang the old song, trust and obey, for there is no other way to be what? Happy. That's why we are not happy. We are not trusting and we are commanding and claiming. We are decreeing and directing. We are binding and losing, but we are not trusting and obeying. When he trusted and obeyed, the Bible said by the time he was coming out, his skin, his flesh was that, like that of a little child, verse 14. And he was clean. And what did that bring about? He said he returned, verse 15, to the man of God, he and all his age, and came and stood before him now and said, Indeed, now I know that there is no God in all the earth except in Israel. Brethren, there is a revelation God wants to give to you of himself. Let's bow our heads in prayer. There are dimensions. The God we serve is a mighty God. And this is what Jesus patterned for us. He said, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who though he was equal with God, did not consider a robbery, but made himself of no reputation. He trusted God. I'm calling you, sir. I'm calling you, brother, sister, to a place of trust, to a place where you deny yourself. Put him first. Where you say to him, I have put my life in your hands. Do with me as you will. Where you say to him, from the ages past, you have been faithful. In today's moment, I will trust in you. Where you come to him and say to him, Jesus, you have the driver's seat. I will follow you wherever you lead. Where you come to him and say to him, he that did not withhold his own son, but came up for me and for my world, how shall he not with him? I will follow you. David said to us, he is my shepherd. He said, where he leads, I will follow. Tonight, I'm calling us to a greater desire of submission and trust. How much do I know? What do I know? Do I know tomorrow? Do I know what is happening even tonight? But your Jesus knows and my Jesus knows. I will trust him. He said, trust me. He said, follow me. If I take the lead, can I fight the battles that are ahead of me? If I refuse his instructions, can I create a better? Imagine if Naaman refused to dip in Jordan and went back to his Abana River. His, he would have died with his leprosy. There is a blessing. There is a blessing in obeying. There is a, a, a dimension of glory 
in yielding and trusting. And what we are seeing in our time is that too few people have yielded to Christ. Rather, they are wielding Christ. The words sound the same, but they are not the same. The people that will change our nation are Christians yielded to Christ. Not Christians wielding Christ who are using him. No, you can't do that and work. The devil is smarter than you. He's smarter than me. It is when we submit to him and say Jesus is Lord and you and I are his. When we submit to him and say in Jesus I trust and you and I follow when we come to him and say Jesus will lead and we will follow that is when we begin to experience dimensions of glory that I had not seen that he had not heard Lord tonight we receive grace we receive grace and we receive this grace for the body of Christ especially for the kingdom life seminar family we are asking help us no longer to come to you demanding to transact with you on our terms we want to follow you on your terms for you do all things well lord help us we pray in jesus name amen praise the lord okay we're going to take the communion as we seal this one of the things that i remind myself quite frequently you know whenever it comes to this issue of lordship and um, being in position of leadership as well. I remind myself that I've not dropped any piece, what, what now, drop of blood for anybody. But Jesus invites us to remember that his body was broken for us. That his blood was shed for us. He reminds us to consider that he commended his love towards us. That while we're yet sinners, he laid his life down for us. And if he did that for you and I, while we're enemies, strangers to the covenant, what won't he do for us now that we're in covenant with him? We're going to go and partake of this today in remembrance of his commitment I, I don't have a problem trusting someone that I know that loves me more than I love myself Jesus loves us that's why he said to the father I'm not going to ask for you to save me I'm going to ask that you perfect what you began that's why the garden of Gethsemane he didn't say to the father I'm God also let my will be done he didn't say that rather he said not my will but yours be done let this communion today remind you and I strengthen us in the commitment of God to us through his son Jesus in his backing after his resurrection even before then he said to the disciples i will never leave you nor forsake you tonight as we are desiring to follow him he's saying to us i'm committed to you i will back you i will defend you 
Needless to let you know that that slave girl in Naaman's house, what do you think would have been her status when Naaman returned? She would have been the deputy madam in that house. Why? Because Jesus backed her up. Tonight, he's still backing men up. He's still backing women up. And so the Bible says, I received from the Lord that which also delivered to you that the Lord Jesus Christ on the same night in which he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said take it this is my body which is broken for you do this in remembrance of me for we thank you for the privilege of sharing in your broken body we receive and we claim by faith all that this means to us. And as we eat, we say, let it bring even to us now and today and in this season. The reality of your death, the reality of your sacrifice, the reality of your commitment. Let it strengthen, O oh Lord, our followership of you in the name of Jesus. Let us eat. In the same manner. He also took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is a new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Our Father and our God, we thank you. He said, with this, the covenant is sealed. With this, sins are forgiven. With this, O oh Lord, there is access granted unto us into the holiest of all. Tonight, as we drink and partake of the shed blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus, Father, we are asking that individually and corporately we enter into the fullness of your plan, all that was in your heart and mind, Lord Jesus, when you laid hung on that cross and refused to come down, you had a desire. And the word of God tells us in Isaiah that you shall see the travail of your soul and be satisfied. Lord, as we drink this, representing your shed blood tonight, we are asking that going forward, you will look at our lives and see full value, find pleasure in how we live. And say, indeed, I see that my suffering was worth it. Lord, will receive power to live victoriously. Power to be witnesses, O Lord. To shine as lights, O Lord. And are there circumstances challenging us? Is it sickness? Is it provision? Is it a difficult place at work? Lord, will receive divine assistance. So that victory will become manifest. Thank you, O Lord, our God. Let us drink in Jesus' name. Listening to a message by Pastor Ike Naokeke of the Father's Church. We are sure you've been blessed. We invite you to worship with us at Eden Center, Banex Guarimpa Expressway, near Next Kashinkari, Abuja. For telephone 09 290 9000 or 0703 You can find us online at www. Dot the Father's Church Online dot org. God bless you.